0: guys welcome back to another progress pure podcast this week i have got the most amazing humble grounded spiritual funny woman she's called kate fleur young i came across kate because i went to my first ever crystal bowl healing sound therapy session and kate actually led it And I found the experience so moving, so beautiful that I had to get Kate on. I wanted to ask her the logic behind it, the vibrations of the earth, how does therapy play into it? How does it actually heal people in theory? And I wanted to hear it from Kate's perspective and why she got involved in Crystal Bowls in the first place. Kate is also a yogi, she's a singer. I'm gonna put her Instagram bio in the description. And I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Kate, thank you so much for coming on to the Progress Pure podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I feel so, so chuffed to be asked. This is wonderful.
0: Yeah, it's totally my pleasure. I, so I know I told you a little bit on Instagram of uh, why I wanted to get you on the pod, but just before we go into crystal ball healing and more of that and more about what you do, the reason for people listening why I wanted to get Kate on was I had this really amazing experience at one of your classes seriously it was it was incredible I live with my friend and she does psychotherapy and she was talking about how she does these really amazing like therapy sessions uh, with clients and how one session that she did felt almost like a meditation because they talk a lot about how how people are feeling and it's really about like the energy in the room or on Zoom even in this case. Um, She was talking to me about it and I was like, I really wish I did more things like that. Like I did a lot of drama when I was younger, a lot of like movement things or just being like interconnected with sounds or people or sensory things. And I don't really do any of that stuff. Like we were talking about kind of like the rush of London and you get caught up in money and jobs and corporate and all of this stuff, you know? Yes, yes, sorry. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but sometimes you just kind of forget what it means to be like human and grounded and you just are part of the machine. The matrix, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and so then I, I Googled, I've always wanted to do something like Reiki or, or crystal bowl healing. Just, I didn't even really know much about it, but just from like the sounds. And um, I had, I used to watch a lot of ASMR. You know, do you know ASMR? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I found those sounds that people would do so relaxing. And a lot of ASMR, they tap into some things like Reiki. I don't know. I, I bet 99% of the people who do these aren't actually Reiki masters or, you know, those kinds of like uh uh, I don't even know how I would call it, like uh, a guider? Or how would what would you call yourself?
1: A facilitator, I guess, where you facilitate something for other people. So you are almost like a vessel. There's not, it's um, something comes through you, hopefully, to be able to transmit that to other people. Um, yeah. So I think that would be what I would call. Myself, I mean, that's quite a hard thing to define, actually. I don't know whether I've thought about that.
0: But do you have to go through, because I'm just wondering, these people on YouTube, like, I assume they're not trained or... I mean, I'm sure some of them are, but most of them, I think, go on there and they just create nice noises and then they write Reiki or whatever.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally rustling a sweet packet and then being like... (laughs) calming calming noises yeah (laughs) totally not quite sure about that the one that I don't get is like the masticating too much of a weird too much of an amazing word that anyway but um yeah just the kind of like weird sort of chewing sounds I know I don't know the world's gone a bit bananas but I think it does you know people do listen to it because it does sort of relax them or make possibly uh just sort of distract them from the busyness of their own little monkey minds which is kind of the point isn't it yeah
0: I think I think that is probably what it was and uh just when people talk really slowly I don't know what it is I just really like nice noises (laughs) and so (laughs) and so then that's where I kind of came across Reiki and so talking to my friend I was like oh I really want to do a crystal bowl healing or something like that and so then I looked it up online found your class Decided to come to a crystal bowl healing, having never done it before. And I remember walking in the room. It was very dark. I think there were three or four other people there. And it was lovely. You know, that had the blankets. And you you just looked like this amazing, like, spiritual woman that was, like, so (laughs) gentle. And I was like, wow, I feel so safe. And, like, I love this. Got in the blanket, lay down. And I remember at the beginning of the class, you mentioned some people might feel very emotional it might bring up certain feelings it's okay you know this is a safe space you can let that out and i remember thinking like emotional (laughs) like i was like (laughs) i was like this is crystal balls like (laughs) what do you mean emotional
1: (laughs) yeah i just want to chill yeah i was like i'm just
0: gonna chill and relax (laughs) and then uh you you performed i'm not even sure how you would call it you i guess so in a sense yeah you performed, you did the crystal bowls, you also sung, and I cried, I I brought up so many feelings, and I'll go into that in a bit, but it, I found it so, like, grounding, and so mystifying, and I called my, my mum, and my friends afterwards, and I, it just really, it felt like it just rooted me in life, and with all of this, all the other stuff going around, I really felt like, oh, this is what it, means to be human like I really feel like I felt that um and I just thought it was one of the most beautiful experiences that I'd, I'd ever had so thank you first of all thank you
1: so much what an absolute pleasure to hear that that was what your experience was of it um yeah that's that's magical that's really great thank you
0: no, thank you. I also, I called all my friends afterwards. I was like, I've just done this crystal bowl healing. You have to do it. Like...
1: <laughs> they are extraordinary, for sure. They are really, really amazing. Yeah.
0: So I want to know everything, because I don't know anything about Crystal, I only know that I had this amazing experience, and you were amazing, and you have one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard, and I want to know more about how did you get into this and discover this, and, and how would you want to introduce yourself, because I probably even haven't done that justice.
1: Quite, I haven't thought about that. My name's Kate. <laughs> Good start. Um... <laughs> I I mean I'd introduce myself as as just someone who's on the same path as everybody else trying all the different things as everybody else in trying to transform and evolve and kind of um help people along the way by also helping myself and help facilitate experiences um that I feel connected to as a human being that I have had Quite extraordinary things happen to me, through you know, um, and just trying to pass that energy on and through. I'm not sure about a label. Let me think about that. If I come up with something really cool, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, but, do. <laughs> but for now,
0: I'm just, just, just Kate. And yeah, so how did you get into crystal bowl healing?
1: I got into crystal bowls. I've had a long history of performance, of living in London, of chaos, of addiction, of all sorts of things that come with the pressure of city life, especially as an artist. And I got into healing in general when I um, first went to yoga, which is like 10 years ago. And it just opened up a door for me where I, for the first time, understood self-care, self-love, um something that you know i work on still every day but um it it just it just made me feel better and so as life went on and the years sort of went by and rolled past I uh, had used these ideas of healing or coming back to healing practices. I've always had a spiritual practice, which has mainly been based in paganism and witchcraft. And so that's been something that's been in my life as a personal, as a very personal thing that I've done just in my own life. But um, when it came to sort of accessing these other sort of slices of things that were out there, it became like an amazing discovery of this abundance of things that are out there to help um to help people to sort of evolve and transform and i think that i've always been very into this idea of um i worked a lot with uh, uh with a lot of native american artists and artifacts when i was um a little younger and it brought me very much into this understanding of this kind of idea of shamanism, not that it's shamanism is just from a Native American culture. It's it's very worldwide. Um, but this idea of a shaman being a wounded healer. And so understanding this kind of fragility and uh, incredibly complicated makeup of the human spirit. And that's not being dour. That's. You know, human beings are, are wonderfully joyous and positive and, you know, some have absolutely smashing life and got it together and all of this. But underneath it all, we have our wounds, we have our traumas, we have things that are very difficult for us to overcome in this lifetime that cause us patterns of behaviour, that cause us difficulties. And I've just been very interested in accessing paths to try and move past these to try and to change these to try and see if we can evolve and expand to our fullest potential and i went to bali a few years ago and i suddenly opened up to this buffet of incredible things that are out there the weirdest most wonderful uh exciting things which included sound you know beautiful gong baths and tibetan singing bowls and I started on my journey of studying shamanic breath work, and, uh, you know, all of these things. And then I came back uh, over a, yeah, a year and a half ago, I think. Uh, yeah, a bit less than a year and a half ago from my yoga teacher training that I decided to do. Um, and about two weeks after that, my mum died very, very suddenly. Um, so it is quite a recent thing. And obviously my whole world was just completely turned upside down and I had never experienced this form of having to push through something that was so unbelievably hard. And in this time a really dear friend of mine called Jaina, whose Instagram is kind yoga life and her whole yeah, her whole her whole thing is kind yoga life. I'd been to uh, a few of her amazing offerings and ceremonies before. She's the most unbelievable space holder and incredible human being. And we just hit it off and felt like we were sisters from another lifetime. She's also a singer. And I, she, we wanted to do some stuff together. And straight after my mum died and I was sort of very open and ready to like, fully push forward with this side of my life and it was I was also going through this unbelievable grief and she just took me under her wing quite a lot at the beginning uh, before she moved to Portugal and we were able to do some ceremonies together doing breathwork, cacao and sound healing and she opened up this idea of being able to play the crystal bowls but also to sing with them Um, And for me as a singer, to be able to use my, my voice, my expression to the world, that is how I express myself in my deepest, most authentic form. To be able to combine that with the feeling that I got from the bowls anyway, was just the most extraordinary thing. And so I guess she sort of mentored me towards that side of being able to expand into that version of myself. And then I immediately went out and bought some crystal balls, <laughs> spaffed a whole load of money, um, which was totally well spent, and just started to experiment and started to find my own way of playing with them and 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 expanding this kind of expression of healing, I guess that you can combine the vibrations of voice, which is such a powerful, powerful form of. A frequency. To then combine that with this unreal power that the bowls have for me has been something that's been, yeah, completely life-changing.
0: Wow. That's a really uh, beautiful and intense story of how you got there. Mm. I'm sorry to hear about your mum. Thank you.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> Do you, did you find that the crystal bowls acted as a kind of therapy for you to work through that grief?
1: I think if it hadn't have been for me buying those crystal bowls if it hadn't been for Jaina pointing me in the direction of these bowls I mean even without me singing with them me playing them opened me up to the it's the only I mean even through yo I'm a yoga teacher and I do breath work and and even through those modalities I still find that the The thing that gets me into the deepest sense of peace, relaxation and connection is those bowls. If I hadn't have had those, I don't think I would be in such a healthy or balanced place. So, yeah, they've helped me enormously. Also, you know, for anyone listening that's, you know, can't deal with too much woo-woo stuff, then I deeply apologise. But they are, um, for me, like a connection to another portal, to another realm, an angelic realm. And so I feel a connection to my mother every single time I play those bowls and I feel like it's a portal for her to be able to energetically come back to me.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, wow, that's really moving. Do you ever feel emotional when you are the facilitator of those classes? Like, Does it ever get overwhelmingly emotional for you?
1: No, not so far. Um, When I've played them on my own for myself, Yes. Uh, When I am doing it for other people, there's something that happens where it's not about me and it's not about my emotion and it's not about what I'm doing. I try my absolute best to step away from any ego of it. And even though there is an element of performance, I guess, because you are playing musical instruments, actually, essentially, um, there has to be a real separation that you I, I feel very strongly that I'm there to facilitate something for others and that their experience will come from me being open to just being in that moment with the bowls vibrating with them on my own level uh I always feel like I sing what they want me to sing what their song is what their what their sound is these individual bowls they each have a different one and then I combine them all but um yeah it's very much turning away from being inward and hopefully just creating something that's a channel that can then other people can have their own experience from rather than it being something that i'm trying to project onto them
0: so every because i was thinking this when i was in your class it was so stunning and so beautiful that i assumed you had rehearsed this or this was this specific song or however you want to call it uh, all those specific noises was something you had done before but it sounds like what you're saying is that you just go with how you're feeling and you just harmonize and sing accordingly to the different sounds you're making.
1: 100% yeah there is never anything rehearsed about it. The thing is is that the the tune of the bowls they all have notes so I won't ever deviate to a completely weird note that would sound you know completely off that sort of scale or off that sort of key or whatever but I I will I will just try and go with the flow and sing what comes into my heart. They each have their own song which is sort of around that note, but it it's never rehearsed and it's it yeah, it's deeply individual each time.
0: And going back to the when you're talking about the woo woo stuff of an a kind of portal into an angel realm, Absolutely. there is there, I think there is from what've the research i 've done, obviously people call it healing. We spoke about how it acted as a kind of therapy for you, and you mentioned the vibrations of the bowls. Mm-hmm. What is the idea behind the vibrations and the connecting with earth and this kind of connection on to humans on a deeper level do you can you talk more about that
1: so the power of sound healing is like a a, a proven an effective modality. I mean, they give it to cancer patients, although please, I'm not saying on tape that, you know, please cure your <laughs> cancer with sound healing. Um, I, I truly believe that it can help. Um, it is something that it, it uses vibrational frequencies to enable us to like drop into a meditative state and allow the possibility of clearing, cleansing and balancing on a very deep cellular level I mean anyone that's been to anything to do with sound a gong bath crystal bowls they will hopefully leave with this calm and it's because the cells have been sort of vibrated and energy has been pushed pushed out anything that maybe might feel negative or static or weird and that's why people can get emotional is because it's something that's sitting deep below that needs to be moved and if you think about each everything in the universe as a a vibration. Every atom vibrates, every single thing in the galaxies vibrates. And so if you can start to put these vibrations back into a level of balance within the human body, then you can get a really amazing feeling of transcendence, a a feeling of healing, a feeling of deep peace and calm and, and rest, which is very difficult for our little human bodies in our modern day and age to do and that's why I do feel it is such an important modality of healing it's so passive you just lie back and receive there's nothing that you have to do the it's it's done for you and therefore you're able to just have an experience where you can release and let go and not worry too much about trying you can just allow it to happen to you which is often where the deepest healing can happen
0: yeah I that makes a lot of sense like I did feel in that class it was like a real standstill and I feel like I could I felt like I could feel it throughout all parts of my body it wasn't just this nice noise in my head and you with a beautiful voice not to put that down but it wasn't just that you know like it felt very wholesome uh, and very I felt very connected to I'm not even sure what to but like just very connected to like earth and you it I think how unbelievably amazing the sounds were because you were talking about how um the vibrations and how everything in the world has a vibration and a frequency whether it in some weird, like subliminal way, kind of highlighted how small and insignificant you are as an individual human being within that whole realm of noises and sounds and energy. Does that kind totally. of make sense?
1: Yeah, and also the bowls. So they, they facilitate alpha and theta brainwave states. So alpha is the meditative state and connection to the present moment. So you're not constantly in the past or the future, you're able to really get a sense of deep meditation, that's some people's experience. And theta is the dreaming, visions, creative flow brain state. So these two strong brain states that we are not able to normally access necessarily in our everyday sort of very patterned lives of, of behavior you know that when you're able just to lie there and experience this that that can be something that's really powerful for people to to receive
0: have you ever had a class where because I came into that wasn't expecting to get emotional was emotional at one point I was like oh my god I need to stop crying <laughs> but <laughs> have you ever been in a class where someone has had a really a, 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 a reaction where like they had to leave or it was too much or overwhelming no nothing like that
1: never I think that the bowls you can feel especially because I don't know whether this is just I mean I get this from my friend's sound healing especially Janas. it's like there's a the bowls are very feminine a lot of the time I have one masculine energy bowl but the rest of the other three are female and so you you're held very deeply in this quite strong mother energy it's not always easy and there are things that you might have to go through but you're definitely feeling like you're in a capsule of being quite held in something that's nurturing and kind and compassionate and I feel that that even though there are certain things that people may feel or they go through I don't think in my experience they would ever have to get up and leave because it's not something hopefully that they felt was so intense and 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 too much to deal with it's something where if they feel like they ha- are crying or that they feel very emotional about something that hopefully they also feel held in a space that is compassionate and yeah and and kind and soft and gentle and there's nothing abrasive or harsh about it so no, I've not had that experience. Hopefully,
0: yeah. Hopefully that won't ever happen. <laughs> yeah, come back, <laughs> come back, please. I'll sing. Sorry, <laughs> I'll sing something you like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And totally. Do you ever find that because you said that you have female bowls and like, or or a bowl that produces a sound that's more connected to feminine energy? Is that right? Yes. Yes. Do you yes. ever find that if you have a class that's dominated by women? that women will connect more to that feminine energy? And if you have a class that's got more men, or is it pretty much equal?
1: Definitely not. I think that both men and women, obviously it doesn't matter. I mean, apart from everything being like sexually gender fluid, we each have an internal masculine and feminine. And so these bowls will speak to all sides and all facets of each person. I think think men, love that energy they love that energy to be able they can feel soft and they can feel vulnerable um, and they can allow themselves possibly I had a guy the other day who was in fits of tears um, and messaged me afterwards just being like I don't even know what happened I just had a complete meltdown but it was also the most beautiful thing ever and I felt really it felt really good and it just made me so happy because not enough men experience that not enough men feel like they're able to cry not enough men feel like they are held enough in a space you know that's kind of more of a ceremonial thing but on an everyday level they have to be so tough and together all the time and um maybe women can drop in quicker but i would say that from my experience both men and women get a lot out of that connection to that energy do you mean drop in quicker to that emotion Possibly, yeah. Um although with the bowls I think you can't tell suddenly something comes and you just have to express it. Yeah. Um and that's a vibrational thing that's being sort of pushed out of you in a way.
0: Yeah. And what would you say how do you think that these experiences or these uh um classes can affect people in a in a practical way, like on a day to day level? Because I remember one of the things that uh you said was that you might find the um things come up you know just after the class or one thing that I actually loved that you said was I remember that after the class uh you you said you know you're going to be feeling um can't remember like this this kind of way and you made us kind of open our arms in the class and draw like an invisible curtain over ourselves and you said before you like rush off like a crazy blue tit onto the tubes of London Yeah, I want you to try and just like keep that energy protected or within and I just thought that was so lovely
1: yeah that's actually something that my teacher in Bali and Jaina both do at the end of their ceremonies it's actually it's like an energy uh capsule that you can it's really important, and I learned that, um, especially when I started doing ceremonies with Jaina, was that, you know, we would do things, especially with the cacao breathwork and sound healing, that would really unearth people. And if you just send them out on their merry way with no sort of feeling that they have closed something, like, obviously, we closed as we closed, and, you know, you say this and that and the other, but just to give people that extra little... um gift of 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 just drawing this kind of hood or invisible ray of light around themselves uh just being able to be conscious i think of going out into the world that you are not going to be vibrating on the same frequency as everybody else having just had that experience be gentle people are literally straight on their phones calling their mom getting on the district line and and actually if you don't make a conscious decision to just protect that little space that you've just curated be quiet be still stay in that kind of um in in that just slightly subdued place and just be gentle for a little while longer that I I don't know I think that it can break the spell almost and you can be left feeling quite vulnerable so I think it's important that's something I learned from being in ceremony with them was to give that to people at the end so that before they leave when you've done any kind of healing like that to just make sure that they're being gentle and careful with themselves.
0: Mm. And is there a practical way that on a daily basis, you think people can maintain that level of stillness or calmness or, because no. I, I, I would <laughs> love to take away that feeling after every time, like every day, you know, feeling that same like stillness and calmness. But I, I don't, I don't know if it's terms of like, you have to keep going to these classes in order to feel it on like an everyday thing or...
1: I think you I think you do. But I also think that you can tap in to that, that, uh, that feeling you can tap into that way that you feel as often as you like, it just takes a real conscious action to do it. I think it's pretty impossible, especially living in the city, you know, I feel so much connected. I'm at my dad's now I feel so much more connected to everything when I'm in the country when I'm surrounded by nature. Um, And the biggest life lesson I've had from any experience, you know, going away on these trainings and having these massive spiritual breakthroughs and learning so much from other people and and having these wonderful experiences is then the work is then taking that back into your life where you're crazy busy. You have a job, a social life. Um, Sometimes you're drinking alcohol. Sometimes you're, you know, your your world is is chaotic. And anyone living in London is living a chaotic life. And I think that these things are so important to help us realise that we can drop back into these states if we consciously do so. Sometimes for me, it's like taking myself off the bowls will give me an incredibly physical effect. But sometimes it's just being quiet closing your eyes and breathing and that's enough for you to drop back into a state where you're like no I can feel this way I did feel this way yesterday um and I do think keep coming back for more keep 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 doing the medicine of what feels nice for you of what feels good for you if it's nourishing and healthy then you know what's wrong with with having it as a practice with having it as something that you do for yourself that you gift to yourself I think it's important, you know.
0: As a spiritual, I mean, I'm kind of, you seem, you know, obviously as as a very spiritual person and that because you do this, I don't know how often you do the, the crystal bowl classes. Weekly now. Um, I, yeah, I do ceremonies that will
1: possibly be something a little more elevated, like, you know, this weekend I'm going off and doing a big evening ceremony at a wonderful studio. And that will be something that's, you know, a bit more than just an hour's crystal balls but it's still all the same thing
0: and of course you do yoga and do you find it difficult because as someone you seem like very grounded and aware of of the hustle and bustle and what it kind of means to be human if we know what it means to be human but like how important (laughs) if if how you know how important it is to just be like connected and grounded and you know, how you're speaking about you try and remove your ego from any kind of class so that you can be there as a sort of facilitator. Do you ever find it particularly overwhelming London and, and being in a city because because of what you do?
1: Oh, totally. I'm like the biggest nutter of them all. <laughs> so I find it, <laughs> I'm like the, you know, the one that's like, I I need healing. I must help myself. I mean, I'm like, I'm the first to admit uh, this is one thing about modern healing and wellness and looking up at these sort of beautiful women or men on pedestals as if they're angelic creatures of light that have everything right and correct and uh, deeply sort of within their own thing. I look at people like that uh, and I think, God, I wish I could be as authentic and as together as you are and (laughs) Actually, it's just such a load of bollocks. We're all just working through our own, through our own stuff. And I'm the first to be like, I have not got anything sorted. <laughs> and I'm trying my best, but I'm consciously trying my best to address things, to change things, to do what I can to help move myself forwards. Um, All of these practices. I mean, like, you know, everything I teach in yoga about being in the moment, being in the breath, the present is the only thing that exists. I mean... It's good that I tell myself that 18 times a day to my students <laughs> yeah. because I live constantly in my monkey brain going past future past future past future and torturing my torturing myself you know there's being spiritual is uh I don't know it's an interesting word um I think that to to try and just be as connected as possible and to that to me that's like doing these practices trying to expand that to others trying to gift that to other people being like look this is a way that you can feel this way or help yourself this way or release emotion i i know all about the darkness and all about the shadows to me being spiritual is not about the abundance of light it's about how much darkness and shit people have to deal with the whole time so I think it's about beautiful balance and that because we do experience a lot of darkness and a lot of trauma even if some of it's bubbling under the surface and you're sort of behaving like everything's great the whole time if you can push yourself more into the balance of the light by being able to experience some of these things then I think it's it's all good I'm very very sensitive hugely sensitive, like my boyfriend, I drive him insane, I mean it's, God bless him, you know, he's just like, yeah, cry at the job for hat, but it's because i'm I'm very in touch with of with sort of moving things through and trying to hopefully uh kind of address things as they come up for me in the moment and then they can be let go, but London's an intense place to be when you're sensitive and you're a massive empath which I am so you have to work hard at not taking on other people's energy or traumas as well as obviously trying to help people and help them move through things but yeah you've got to you've got to be really conscious of taking care of your own little bubble and that might just be like staying in and cooking something nice or I know we all talk about like nourishment and <laughs> it can all get a bit self-love and it can all get a bit overwhelming on Instagram and you know, yeah. and you think who are these healer wankers <laughs> sometimes? But um but it it, it it yeah, I think that it things can get overwhelming if you don't do this stuff for yourself. And I think more than ever we're in a world now where we've got the luxury of being able to actually explore that stuff, explore wellness, explore self-care, explore um what it is to try and connect to our deepest purpose, to our deepest expression of ourselves, to our evolution as human beings, to be better people, to be more loving. And being more loving means starting with the self, which I think so many people I speak to struggle with that, including myself. Such a lot of worthiness and And being able to love yourself and therefore have better relationships with other people. And I think we're in an incredible time of exploring that, which is seriously interesting. It's
0: so funny what you're saying about uh, how, you know, spiritual people whatever that even means like sometimes on the surface seem that they have all of their shit together and i guess i just assume that you know because you do this all the time you must be like super in the moment and connected with like the world all the time but like oh hell no. you are just like a normal person who's like what the hell's going on <laughs> you know oh totally yeah.
1: i would like to think that i've i over time i'm gathering tools to help myself Because life is not ever going to be like I have reached this state of oneness Mm. and I am now perfect Mm -hmm. forever Mm -hmm. and I know how to deal with everything forever and life is great. Life isn't. Life's tough. It's really, really, really tough. And there's moments of ecstatic joy and moments of deep, deep sadness. So for me... All of these hashtag spiritual practices are about being able to navigate through these situations that life will throw at you 100%. It's about being able to navigate those with clarity, grace, kindness, compassion, love for yourself. And that's where the importance of these things come in, not to be a perfect being of light that has all of their stuff together because anyone who says that they have
0: is lying yeah i I don't even know what that would look like someone saying that they have all of their stuff together like no one
1: well i mean you you know i have my favorite philosopher alan watts often talks about like if you want this state of oneness this state of complete connection of of um oh god what's the word i'm looking for Of, of sort of reaching nirvana basically then you have to go and be a monk sitting in a in a in like a little hut on the top of a hill, meditating 12 hours a day and being this unbelievably amazing little guru up there. But that's not most of our civilization. And so you're not gonna be able to achieve that. No matter how many things you do, you can you can just try to be happier. I think is like a big key is changing your reaction to things. A lot of that is through meditation, changing your perception of things turning things from being utterly awful into actually not so bad so much of it is about perception and how you can hopefully navigate your way through these things in the in the most kind of yeah in the best way possible being the best version of yourself the kindest version of yourself not behaving like a a crazy person or an idiot you know which is totally allowed sometimes but being kind to others, being nice to others, you know.
0: But what you're saying as well about uh, being happier and like your perception of things, I feel like it's being happier, but also with like the really small, tiny things that just happen on a daily basis that you don't even really think about, but you just release some kind of like negative energy i do this all the time and i read books on buddhism and you know i try to give myself i'm like i'm gonna do 20 minutes of meditation today and like change my perception on this and all of this stuff and life does just get in the way but it is small things of like for example, getting peanut butter out of my kitchen cupboard, and there like not being any peanut butter left, and me being like, "Oh, frustrated about it," you know, like and instead, <laughs> yes. in, I, instead I feel of, you, girl. And it sounds so minimal and stupid and small, but it, it is. I feel like the little things of that, and like perception changing and changing how I think about it, and not blaming it on my dad who ate, finished the peanut butter. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just little totally. things like totally. that that contribute to the bigger picture of building like happiness and empathy and compassion from within and not getting frustrated at all those tiny little things that add up to the big picture and then being able to treat other people with kindness
1: 100% trying not to sweat the small stuff so much which is really really hard which helps if you find things that work for you in terms of a practice or something that you know, it's going to hopefully just elevate your mind a little bit. And it happens that when the big stuff happens, and I've just had a very big experience of this in my own personal life, that even though I'm the person that can sweat the small stuff so unbelievably, like I think I'm the biggest warrior I know. And warrior, yes, I'm like a she-wolf warrior with a sword and a dagger and like a, an awesome kind of outfit. But I'm also the biggest warrior, as in <laughs> sh- shaking in my bedroom, being like, I'm so worried about this and about <laughs> the other. About- I mean, it's madness, you know. And uh, and I do a lot of my practices to get through those small things in my day so that I don't sweat the small stuff so much, so that I don't feel this, uh, for me, a massive um feeling of being usurped by my inner child that then wants to behave Not badly, but just react to things or feel shit about something um, or hold on to it, hold on to it and worry and worry and worry is that these practices work. Because when something utterly massive happened to me, I've been able to navigate it uh, in a way that I never, ever thought or expected I could. And have held my life together in a way that I never, ever expected or thought I could. And it just showed me that all of these things add up. So even when I get really pissed off about the peanut butter thing, which I totally do, um, I think that the bigger picture is all working. It is actually all working underneath the surface. Just keep doing it. Keep Keep coming back. Keep meditating to try and stop getting annoyed about the peanut butter because eventually it will all add up into something where you're actually able to navigate life in a way that you possibly didn't know you could.
0: The big um, uh, um, tragic uh, event that you're talking about is that the death of your mom? Yeah. I yeah. saw the tattoo that you got of the spider to remind yourself of her and it was I thought it was so beautiful yeah thank you i've
1: had spiders have again being this uh the native american medicine wheel the spider was the first creature that came down that spun the web of the universe that spun the web of humanity um she's the much mother mother energy she's the divine female and uh she's a very very potent creature in our kind of in that sort of sphere um and then when my mum died, I just had all these spiders everywhere. All over me, like in my hair, on my hands, on oh, my really? legs. Oh, really? On purpose? No, just everywhere. Every day it was like, okay, really? enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're... Oh
0: my God, that sounds like my worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah.
1: See, luckily I love them. But I was there out my window. I'd wake up in the morning. There'd be one on the window, one crawling up the bed, one on the wall. And then I'd go outside. And this was in the middle of summer. So it wasn't like they're all coming in for autumn. Yeah. Um. And... I just have had this real connection. And you know, when you know, I mean, again, sorry to be too woo-woo, but basically when when you know something is a symbol of, of somebody's energy, of somebody's kind of spirit, I knew it was. And it just came to me so many times. And I've had very weird experiences with my medicine cards and pulling spiders and out of all sorts of decks. Um, and it's, yeah, it's it was a tattoo that meant meant a lot to me, actually, just to have that uh Protection medicine etched onto my onto my skin.
0: <laughs> mm, it's really beautiful. Thank you.
1: Yeah, it's a it's like a spell that I, you know, that's been created for her.
0: Did you um? Because I saw you obviously got it by this tattoo artist who also looks like an amazing illustrator. But did you draw like? Is that a unique design that you helped create? And- totally. She she created
1: it. I told her that I wanted a rose and a spider, and I had no idea how to connect them both. Um, I just knew that she was the person to do it because of the way that she draws which is just so beautiful and she put like a little bit of sacred geometry and sort of tribal stuff in there uh, but yeah she she did the whole thing Um, and I sat behind her being like maybe a little bit more of that maybe that a bit smaller maybe a bit and then she was like the wizard that was like doing it on her iPad until we came up with what we thought was like the perfect design and
0: Wow. There it is. So it yeah. was like this collaborative, creative, amazing, like process. Yeah, I love her. I think she's so talented and
1: brilliant. She's gone back to Hong Kong now, but hopefully when she comes back over, I have to think of another
0: tattoo to get. <laughs> People <laughs> always say, was this your first tattoo?
1: No, no, okay. no, no. I've had okay. them since I was 14. A really utterly dreadful ones when I was 14, but um yeah i've i I love them some people are very pure about their about their bodies, but I just feel like they're an expression of um moments in time, capsules in time got quite an old Celtic thing where I only really have animals or symbols Wow um so I'd never have like writing or uh so I have lots of animals placed all over me basically so what was the one you got when you were fourteen? It was a panther, but it looked like a deranged monkey. So. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> and I got it covered up with a tiger that is so questionable, I can't <laughs> even... So, and you know, I'm year of the tiger and it all made sense, but the the tattoos uh, um, were a massive balls up. Those ones are on my back
0: though. So I don't have to look at those. Okay, nice. (laughs) That's so funny. I can imagine you like every time if you showed someone the tiger, one, being like, but I'm year of the tiger. So it makes sense. (laughs) So so
1: totally try to have to explain it away. It's so awful. (laughs) But that's the next project. I'm going to get a guy, I think he's called, uh, he's called Raf Simo and he's in uh, Australia at the moment. But when he comes over to England, I want him to do like a really big back piece on me and i'll incorporate lots of things i want yuki to do it but she won't touch it because it's a cover-up
0: uh wait who who's yuki
1: is that the person is did... the one who did my spider and, and my hawk and um, wait oh she won't do it she wants pure skin she wants pure skin baby nice. yeah she's like nice. no way hun <laughs> go to somebody else <laughs> yeah she's like that
0: looks like way too much hard work <laughs> tattoos are an interesting one my my friend he is has like five or six really big kind of crazy tattoos that they they aren't particularly done in a way that's supposed to be like really beautifully placed like they look wacko jobs like they look like he just like picks them around and things stamped them on himself and I was talking to him about getting a tattoo and and he asked me what he'd get what I would get and I was like well I don't know I'd really have to I've never come across something that means enough and his because I always thought that that's why people do it it has to like be super meaningful and but he was like, no, 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 mate, you should just get whatever. And he was like, it shouldn't be, it doesn't have to be meaningful. It can just be. Yeah,
1: maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I mean, for me, they're very ritualistic. So for me, it's like, it's like etching magic onto your skin from a moment in time where you are feeling something very strongly or, you know, yeah, a lot of people get them done for somebody who might have passed over or died or whatever. But um all of mine have been like really poignant moments in my life and have been about something have been uh connected to something they're they're spells for me they're like spells that you etch into your skin so they're very important to me my tattoos although my dad certainly would not agree
0: <laughs> is he very anti-tat
1: <laughs> yeah he hasn't seen this new one oh really what the spider one yeah hasn't seen it oh, he'd be gonna... horrified really do you think yeah 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 absolutely horrified bless him so we're just gonna have to hide it from him <laughs> For as long as possible where lo- i'm wearing long sleeves today because i'm at home
0: nice i remember yeah. I got, it's nothing in comparison but i remember i got my belly button pissed when i was like 16 and like always trying to hide it and then my parents saw it and like neither neither of them could have cared less
1: oh brilliant yeah neither. mine unfortunately no they're, they're not into the tattoos at yeah. all
0: yeah Something I wanted to ask you: You, uh, when you talk about the woo-woo stuff, do you find that because of what you do, people assume you're like some major hippie vegan? Like, do you get that as a judgment before people meet you? And or, and would you categorise yourself as that? Or,
1: um, yeah, I'm totally woo-woo about shit, crazy, one hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, mad, mad as mad as <laughs> mad as a box of frogs not uh yeah I've I totally um I would like to think that when they meet me that they I can have a laugh and that I'm I'm definitely not somebody I'm also incredibly skeptical um about all sorts of things like I've got my head screwed on about it but I have it is for me there is no other life that exists apart from the one that is so multi-dimensional that has so many different things going on if you opened your mind just a teeny bit to it your mind would be like blown, so for me it it it's it makes perfect sense to me that that is how the universe works and that this is how life is um but obviously, for other people, I understand that it's not so much, and yes, I am vegan, and yes, I teach yoga and you know what a cliche, but um, <laughs> and I do sound healing and I do breath work and I do shamanic drumming and all of these things and you know, hopefully, really appropriately as well, because obviously, you're like a middle class white girl going around doing all these things. And so I'd like to think that whatever I bring to these practices is is definitely authentic from my own experience and, and doing it with with care um, and integrity. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd hopefully like to think that I think people it's funny from my Instagram, which obviously is a lot sort of like you're putting up your events and things like that. And I'm writing from deep within my heart on there. Uh, But also I had one guy being like, gosh, you're so not like as serious as your Instagram. And I forget this. I've got like a filthy sense of humour. So hopefully if you meet me, then you would you would not uh, judge it as being something that was like trying to be hippie or trying to be something hopefully that I'm not I I hope I hope anyway I hope you're not going to please everyone or not everyone's going to like you so the moment you stop trying is is an enormous liberation in
0: itself A thousand percent, like the moment where you're just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to put this stuff out there and I'm just going to base it on whether it makes me feel fulfilled and authentic, then great. And I actually think it's a really, like you said, an an amazing moment and it's super liberating, even though some people might think of it as not a big deal. Like, oh, you're just posting what you want to post on Instagram, but it, it, it's a massive realization to, 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 and, and a massive way of kind of accepting yourself to think I'm not going to do something based on what other people think of me, whether it's Instagram, whether it's what I say, whether it's... Oh, totally.
1: I think when I speak to people, I'm a lot more uh, open about all sorts of things than I am. I think Instagram I struggle with a little, just because I really admire so many of my friends who are having these sort of like brutally honest things on there, or I'm not ever not honest, but I think when I go into my caves a lot of the time, I just don't post things. Um, rather than like stepping up on my cape soapbox and kind of just letting it all out, sometimes I do if I feel like it's appropriate to say something. I struggle with social media in general, but I think um, I I have huge respect to other people that are so um, authentic. Don't give a shit what anybody thinks, and they'll just say whatever they feel that day. And I think that that's um, that's actually an enormous gift in this time because. I follow them you know what Mm -hmm. I mean like I'm interested Mm -hmm. in what they have to say I'm Mm -hmm. interested in their vulnerabilities and in their strengths and in their journeys and in this that and the other so you know I think it's um it's very brave to to put yourself out there in all of those ways and not try and project too much of an image of something so yeah you know works in progress
0: but when you said sorry just going back before to the thing that you said that you were like I'm very aware uh, and in um the world that is multi-dimensional uh were you saying that in a way to say that um can you clarify what you mean by that aliens exist okay okay (laughs) okay good I I just want (laughs) to start but but, uh,
1: I think multi-dimensional is in okay let me just put it this way like you're watching Sky, but you're watching one channel. And so you can see one channel in front of you that's tangible and real and scientific, but it doesn't mean that the other 250 channels don't also exist, even though you can't see them with your little eyeballs.
0: So... Interesting. I've never thought about... That's a really good way to describe uh, the potential for different like realms or different... 100%. And... Wow. If you...
1: Everything is so connected. It is so, so, so connected. We're just humans that are utterly connected to nature. We're utterly connected to the cyclical uh, patterns of our planets, to our seasons, our cycles. We are so connected. It's like when I talk about astrology and even I don't know loads about astrology. I'm scratching the surface. I like to think I know a a smidgen of what, you know, what's actually out there but it's like I always say this at the beginning of my ceremonies where I do usually open up with a fair bit of like astrological weather, is that the more I know about this stuff, the more it blows my mind. The fact that these things are going on around us, so they they exist, these seasons cycles, so even if you're not going to take all of the other stuff with it, it's a recognition of that energies are part of our everyday lives these energies these things we interact we are human beings and we interact with the environment around us um so just being open to that on a very basic level of being open to things that might possibly be beyond your physical comprehension is a start to just offering up to some of the magic enormous magic that lives within our within our universe
0: Mm -hmm. because it is powerful and I think there's a real humility in in that in just saying well we don't know and I don't know for sure what's going on or what's not going on and because we don't know then no one can say for certain so why not be open-minded and think that that's a possibility you know
1: totally totally and I have a very um scientific partner so my partner is you know incredibly uh logical and even he is like one of the most open people I've ever met because he's had experiences that he just can't put his finger on or put science behind I mean there's some things that I talk about where he's up. Like, that sounds like a load of bullshit and you're like <laughs> well you don't understand me then um you know secretly I know it's not but um <laughs> obviously obviously but but you know it, yeah, I wouldn't be able to be with someone who, was, who wasn't who was sort of on the same wavelength as me. Otherwise, what would we talk about? But, um, you know, even somebody like that is who has opened their mind, you know, to the possibilities of all sorts of other things that are going on behind the naked eye. Um, If they're able to see it, you know, with a logical brain, it's like it does go against a lot of the grains of what they're trying to think about. But I think it's just... Ultimately, it comes down to knowing that you're you're really connected to the planet that we're living on, that everything exists, is together, interwoven, that us all being very involved in our little lives and going around and buzzing about this and that and the other, is that stuff isn't so important.
0: Yeah. And it is funny when you think about the very basic, because life can seem so overwhelming and intense and so many little things going on. And then when you just kind of regroup and think about the basics of what humans what we all share and what we're all looking for like food shelter you know those like basic things and how we are all connected and then all the other stuff is just like on top and like what you said about coming into that sound healing or like I don't even
1: know what it was but you felt a connection a connection to the ground to earth to yourself that you felt deep within yourself rather than being outwardly possibly everything out everything out eyes out everything out that you were able to go in and be like I feel quite centered and and you know and that's what it is it's like take your shoes off walk in the grass and you'll you'll feel better hug a tree
0: the way the way you describe that is so spot on like instead of just the outwards of what's else going on what else can I do what else can I benefit from all of this stuff just actually being like I'm gonna just put this stuff down I'm gonna give myself the luxury of time and I'm just gonna reflect inwards totally yeah
1: not scroll for five seconds and just like go go in these things are becoming more and more important I think to take time ceremonially to to look into oneself to step into oneself to be able to take time to connect to ask yourself how you are to check in to mark certain moments for me it's usually always the lunar calendar full moon new moon I mean these are just two weeks apart where you're able just to Reflect on things that you're trying to manifest in your life. Create intention in your life rather than just flapping around like a headless chicken. Um, and it's more needed than ever. Again, as I said, I've got a bit of a uh, I have a difficult relationship with social media. I mean, possibly because only my cat follows me. Maybe it's an ego thing. <laughs> hey, I follow you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but you know, maybe it, that's an ego thing. But I, I think. Uh, I really struggle with the thing that it's doing to people mentally. I struggle with what it does to me mentally. And I think that there is so much now, apart from having to like hold down, you know, everything in our normal lives and be okay and be successful and this, that and the other and hold down relationships and look after our parents and then go here, there and everywhere and see like, you know, Martha for a glass of wine on a Tuesday as well and then also go to a gong bath cuz that's my me time but then also right it's so intense that then you add this extra layer of um outrospection that's not even a word but i'm going to just use it basically this light and 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 vision that you're putting outward your energy that's going out 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 looking at that what's that who are they how like why aren't i like that where are they they're in bali on the the scrolling, the kind of mindless madness of social media um, when none of it's actually real. And it's just sort of, I think there's so many benefits to it it in some ways in terms of, you know, people being able to show their gifts and and, and reach people on a much wider scale, which is wonderful. But the mental health things that I think we're going to see in however many years' times, especially in our younger generation, is is shockingly scary and terrifying. And um yeah, I think that these practices of turning inwards and taking that time, no phones, silence, stop fidgeting, you know, it's like these are so important. They're going to become more and more important and hopefully things that people can cling to in a world that sometimes doesn't make a huge amount of sense.
0: Mm, yeah, I mean I was looking at a post today where this woman was talking about how incredibly terrible filters are for your mental health and I know it seems such a frivolous thing you just put on a filter I mean I do it you know I'm not gonna say that I don't yeah of course we all do but when you think about it and how fucked up that is and we're fortunate that that stuff didn't come out till later or like I didn't even have Instagram till I was probably like 16 which is young but you know I'm kind of developed then and my brain's you know okay these people who have phones and they're getting when they're like 12 or 13 and putting an Instagram filter on their face. Eight, to make eight them or look nine. Like, yeah. You know? to, so that they have loads of facial reconstructive surgery and wearing like a ton of makeup. Like that is so dangerous.
1: I think the thing about being a child and I mean, listen, we're going on to a whole, a whole thing here that you could, we could do another podcast <laughs> about. um, But you know, children are, are incredibly um, strong, resilient, but also fragile. And that their little minds should be, again, outside, connected to nature, uh, realising that those are the things that build a strong foundation, as well as, obviously, relationships and learning, rather than this, again, constant projection, outward projection, where your self-worth is based on things that shouldn't even exist. And that's what's, I think, really, (coughs) really tough for the next generation of people. It's like... Yeah, I don't even know where we're going to end up with that. I have a tricky time adjusting to this strange world that we live in. And I spend, you know, that's some shit at Instagram. I wish I was better. Um, You know, it'd be better for my, for my business and things like that. And it would be much better if I was a little braver, possibly, or, you know, whatever. But I also, I, I struggle with going on there a lot because I... yeah I just I I find it complicated there's a lot of confliction within me about what the hell I'm even doing (laughs) what is it even all about and then you're like what
0: does it all mean
1: (laughs) and then I have to you have to swim or sink or drown or whatever the expression is you know if you don't if you don't go with it then you're you know and I understand that so I think I just got to possibly just get a bit better at social media but I struggle with it. I struggle with um, how much I, I hate it a lot of the time. Mm.
0: And it's particularly hard if, if your your business is your whole, like, account and it's you and it's very, very personal. So it's hard to, to treat it like a business if that is you.
1: Yeah, totally. That's difficult. Yeah. yeah. And also fun, like, there's sometimes where I really enjoy the kind of, like, I love the imagery part of it. I find that always good. Like, there's an artistic level to it and it's good it's fun and for some people it's like therapy getting on there and being able to just express themselves and I really respect that so again it's maybe about changing my perspective towards it if I'm going to use it then I need to just flow with it a little more but that's a whole other discussion is like
0: that's a whole other one yeah the
1: curse of social media
0: (laughs) yeah well Kate I think we have covered a lot of ground we have (laughs) And uh, I think we can wrap this up there. If people want to stay connected with you, obviously I'll put your Instagram. Speaking of Instagram, speaking, I'll of Instagram. put your Instagram handle in the description. Thank you. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll mention anything you want me to mention. But is there anything else that you want to say, wrapping this up, or let people know how they can find your events and stuff? Always. <laughs> Funnily enough, through Instagram. <laughs> please send me a message um, on Please Insta. send me a
1: message on Insta. <laughs> um, yeah, hilariously, that is where a lot of my my stuff goes. It's how I'm able to advertise to people. It's how I'm able to let them know what events I'm doing. Um, also, my website, which is KateFleuryoung.com, uh, You can send me a message through there where you can go and have a look at my offerings and see if anything suits you. I do a lot of private sessions. Um, and studios that I'm I'm at you know I will always advertise them on Instagram as well and so you can come find me there come and see any offerings that I'm doing and also they've got a buffet of other wonderful people as well so feel free to have a browse basically.
0: Awesome thank you so much for this I really am happy that I'm gonna have this conversation as a as a like physical thing that I can re-listen to again like a lot of the podcasts I like thank to re-listen you. to but there are some ones that I think uh, when you're in the moment and you're talking, it's lovely because you're just letting the conversation happen, but then there are others that I'm like, I know I can take away more from this when I listen to it again. So I'm really happy that you joined me thank today. You. And thank you so that. much
1: for asking me. I feel like just, yeah, what a wonderful thing to be asked and how nice to talk to you about all of these things in this setting. It's been such a pleasure, Molly, thank you.
0: That's it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. If you did, please leave me a review in Apple Podcasts. And if you want to follow Kate, check out her Instagram handles, which are in the description. And apart from that, I will see you next week.